Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. It's been six seasons since the Cardinals last reached double figures and wins. They need one more. So how will they do it? Mike Jarecki fills us in. He has his three keys to victory as the Cardinals head to the Windy City for their 92nd regular season matchup against the Bears and 101 years after their first meeting. But first, we wait until game day. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 504, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Couple of more days. We have to wait a couple more days. I'll say this, though. I'm about as optimistic as you can be without either the head coach, the quarterback, or the wide receiver saying, I'm playing. So that has not been said as of yet here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Officially, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, game day decisions. Yet, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm going to be positive here, MJ, on this football Friday. Yeah, and we know that sometimes it's more gamesmanship. But I, I also think, you know, Hopkins, we haven't seen him since the Packers game, and he was on the practice field Wednesday and Thursday, and normally he gets Wednesdays off, and then they practice Thursday, Friday. So I would think Friday was a vet day for him. Um, you know, at, at this point in time, I, 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 I believe everyone knows what's at stake. Um, they're not rushing these guys back, in my opinion, so – uh, is Hopkins going to play 60 snaps? Uh, that remains to be seen. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, based on just you know connecting dots and you know, reading the tea leaves, uh, I anticipate both of those guys are going to be out there. Now the key for Hopkins specifically, because he did speak on Friday, even though he was not present during the open portion of practice, and it's, one, good to hear from D-Hop. It's been a while. He said he'll test out his hamstring during pregame warm-ups. Now, how much weather becomes a factor in that. He dismissed that, as most coaches and players will, because everyone deals with the weather. But I do think a lot of more Hopkins than Kyler Murray that, yeah, you'll see number 10 out on the football field a little bit earlier just to just to see how you feel after you know a flight, rest, wake up, and then test it. And even if he's less than 100%, I'm okay if D-Hop decides to play because even at 75 80%, he's better than almost nearly every wide receiver in the league at 100%. There's no doubt about it. And he did say that, you know, between Brett Fisher and some of the training staff, um, their soft tissue uh, expertise where he feels like they've gotten him ready to play on Sunday. So that, to me, stood out. Uh, you know, based on him saying he's going to have to go out there and test it early. But th- the fact is that he feels like um, probably the, the rehab and, you know, the severe uh, hamstring injury is a lot better than it was probably just a, two or three weeks ago. So I was encouraged when he said that. Uh, in other words, it's not going to be, you know, me to go out there and, and uh, re-injure myself. I think he feels like I can go out there and let let go because hamstrings, I mean, you can go from 60 to 70, and then when you go from 70 to 100, that's where, you know, you get, do you get any pain? But he felt like I, I can open up if I need to. His presence alone. Yes. Him being out there 
forget the sideline, being on the football field, having number 10 out there split wide to the left. As an offense, you feel better, but more importantly, I think what it does to the defense lining up opposite Hopkins. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second. There's number 10. What do we do? And all of a sudden coverage rotates towards him, leaving N.A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore a little bit freer. Also a Zach Ertz, James Conner out of the backfield. I think presence more than anything else is what this offense has missed, minus DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I couldn't agree 1,000%. And we got a chance to see that uh, during that Packers game where, you know, he played 15 snaps, uh, you know, after that, you know, that long catch and the face mask penalty. We didn't see him, and he decided to put himself back on the field. But, And then the next game, we didn't see a whole lot of separation. I don't know if guys were waiting for other players to make plays. And, of course, Colt McCoy it was a different game plan with the, against the Niners, a lot of screens. He'd get rid of the ball quickly. So, I mean, I would assume he's got fresh legs. I mean, you, you want to look at that. We really, he hasn't practiced. He hasn't had a, you know – hit that throttle to go 100% on Sunday. So I would think he's got fresh legs. And, and again, they all know what's at stake. And he says, you know, we have the best record in football right now. So they know they know what's going on here. So I think, you know, they, I, I give the organization credit because you don't give games away in the NFL. And the fact that you were able to win two out of three on the road against division opponents, you can build off of that. And if Colt McCoy has to play, I'm comfortable with him playing. But I, I think it's time for Kyler and, and Hop to come back. Quoting Hopkins, I got to be healthy to help this team. End quotes. Even if he's not catching passes. Again, going back to that word, presence on the football field. So hopefully, Bird Gang here, week 13, we do see number one, number 10 on the football field. The other player in question, Justin Pugh, we did see him on Friday watching, standing around, watching his teammates go through practice during the open portion. He has not practiced all week with a calf injury. According to Kingsbury, a game day decision. I'm guessing, I don't know, this one, I, I, I'm not nearly as optimistic as Kyler and Hop because we haven't seen Justin Pugh on the football field. So if he's out another week, all right, plug in Sean Harlow, as long as Max Garcia is okay. Right. And he has been. And we're talking about a calf injury, and we haven't seen him until today. So that's encouraging that he was standing there. And I'm sure he wanted to be aware of some of the the, the different, um, you know, um, sliding protection. What, what are they? Every every week is a different game plan when it comes to Sean Kugler. It's a, based on your, your opponents. It's based on down and distance. So it was encouraging that he was out there limping. It's the first time we see him. Um, but they were going through some of their drills when it came to pass protection and run blocking, and I think it was important for him to be out there, even though he knows the offense to the back of the, his hand. But each week it, it, they change their protection schemes based on the opponent. Getting closer. Yes. And one, you rehab indoors, and then you make your way outdoors, and then eventually you go from the sideline to the actual practice field going through reps. Now, the other player we saw on the football field, away from everyone else, J.J. Watt. And we talked about this on Wednesday because that's the first time we had a chance to see him. But now twice this week. And what that means, I don't know. But one, it's good to see he looks fine. He does have a long sleeve on his arm all the way up from the shoulder all the way down to close to his hand. Again, we don't know specifics as far as what injury, what surgery took place. We just know that he is certainly doing what he can to get back on the football field as soon as possible. Yeah, this is this is going to be um, a sticky situation because 
if this team can, you know, obviously win the division and, and get a better seating, um, you hate to rush him back. It would be great to have him for the postseason. Just having number 99. You talk about a presence and the fact that he would have fresh legs. But you and I were watching him, and it was during the open portion of practice, and he was by the goalpost, and he was using his arm. He was trying to extend his arm out. Now, that's different than going against a 300-pound lineman. Um, so I, I, would, I would definitely be cautious with him. But the fact that he's out there and he's running, getting in a football condition, I know it's a little bit different on game day. You know, you play a play and then stop, go back, you know. So, um, but I, I, to me, uh, the get almost to get him for the postseason would be like the cherry on the Sunday for me. But I mean, I, I don't see him playing in Week 18. I don't, I don't know what the rush is, knowing that right now this team can move with the roster they have. But if you can bring him back for the postseason, it's going to give a lift to this defense. One other note on the defensive line, Rashard Lawrence, who's been out on the practice field all this week, will not be activated ahead of the game on Sunday. Kingsbury said maybe next week ahead of the game against the Rams. So reinforcements are on the way with Rashard Lawrence, just not quite yet with J.J. Watt. It might not be until the month of January before we see number nine, if at all. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we have to do it one more time because I've made it a talking point all week long, <laughs> so I might as well finish it, Bird Gang. Weather.com, I checked it. It is now a 90% chance of rain, and I'm smiling a little bit because players don't care, coaches don't care. It's a talking point amongst the media and the fans. But for sideline reporter Paul Calvisi, for director of media relations Chris Melvin, who are standing on the sidelines, I feel for those guys because I don't know how much rain, how hard it's going to be, but 90%. I mean, it went from 50 to 80 to now here Friday, 90. Well, the good news is the Cardinals equipment staff will <laughs> get those guys uh, so they don't make sure they don't melt in the rain. But uh, to me, it's the wind. Uh, that's why they call it the Windy City. You're close to the lake there, and it could be between 10 to 15 miles an hour. Now, Kyler did say he doesn't like playing in the rain. He does have no issues playing in cold weather. It was similar, obviously, in Seattle. But here, you, you, when you get to the second half, the, the temperatures are going to dip a little bit. Um, but, again, it, it, uh, we know the Bears practice and that kind of stuff, but we know these guys, uh, depending on the cleats, they should be fine. Again, there shouldn't be any excuses um, when it comes to the weather, whoever wins this game. By the way, you watch. We talk all week long, and something will change Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and it won't, it won't rain at all. Well, I mean, at, at this time of the year, I mean. It changes not, on a dime. Yeah, it, but it's not cold enough to snow. So that's why you get the rain and you could get some sleet. Uh, but that's if, if it was in 20 degrees, that rain becomes snow, and that's a little bit different. So, um, again, you know, uh, we'll get into my keys, and one of them is going to be to, try, you know, run the football. And, you know, James Conner, he should be the bell cow. they got one more week to get Chase back, hopefully, against the Rams. So all, all hands on deck here. I mean, this is an important game. It's the next game, and – you know, if this team wants to be one of the top seeds, you're going to have to take care of business on the road, and we know how well they played on the road this year. And it's not about style points, as you pointed out correctly. Just go there and get the win. It could come down a field goal. It could come down to, you know, obviously, you know, turnovers and stuff like that. But just go there and get the win. 
and then obviously you're sitting in a, in a really good position after 13 weeks with a 10-2 and two record. Before we get to Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory, the X Factor and intangible for this Week 13 matchup, a reminder, Pro Bowl voting underway, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. You can vote early. You can vote often. Vote repeatedly for your favorite Cardinals players. Voting runs through the 16th. The game is Sunday, February 6th in Las Vegas. Kyler Murray, James Conner, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Marcus Golden, Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, just to name a few of those players considering or worthy of your consideration for a vote to the Pro Bowl, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Week 13, Cardinals at the Bears, 9-2 and two versus 4-7. and seven. Kickoff at 11 a.m. from Soldier Field, 6.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And without further ado, Mike Jarecki, we turn this football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 over to you, your three keys to victory, what is number one? Number one, establish a run with James Conner. Let him be the bow cow. I want to see at least 20 touches or more. Not doesn't mean carries. It could be in the passing game, but I think you want to establish a run. And, again, we're going to check out and see how these first couple drives go because Kyler hasn't played in a while. Um, obviously, he's mastered the offense. It's about a timing issue. Um, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, but I am going to look for the first couple of drives. But I, I would try to come out and establish the run. And, and James Conner will be my, my bell cow. He said he feels really good after the bye week. Um, one more week and he can share carries. We know he's going to be your short yardage and goal line guy. And you can make a case he's been the MVP uh, when Kyler's been out. And he's been the MVP the entire season, how much he's changed this offense when it comes to short yards. We're not talking about Kyler Murray going under center, third and one. We know Cliff goes for it on fourth down. Uh, and, and he's got a really good track record with that. So I, I really want to lean on James Conner to get that run game going, and obviously it will open things up on the outside. Twice in the last three games, 21 carries at San Francisco, at Seattle. Now, again, the per-carry average is not great for Connor this season. It's less than four a, uh, four a carry. Yet, to your point, it's when is he running the ball? How effective is he running the ball on – second and third and short, goal line situations in the red zone. So that's where you want a James Conner, not so much the four-plus yards per attempt. He needs to gain first downs, get touchdowns, and he's got 12 touchdowns this season. That is tops in the NFC, second most in the National Football League as far as rushing touchdowns are concerned, and he is looking for a sixth straight game with a rushing touchdown, something to keep an eye on, which has never happened in Cardinals franchise history. Six straight games with one player getting at least one rushing touchdown. Yeah, and, and again, he, he's he's been the guy. And, um, you know, the, the fact is that, you know, they don't miss Kenyon Drake. And, uh, again, I, I don't think it's too much to put on his plate, um, whether it's 18 to 19 carries and then, four or five targets in the in the passing game. To me, he's built for this. He's got the body for it. Um, he doesn't miss practice. He, he's kind of been a, a really an energy guy when he comes to the sidelines. So I really like his makeup, and I'm looking forward to seeing him try to run down the Bears' throat. And if he gets that 13th rushing touchdown, that would establish a new career high for him. So that one-two punch, yeah, the Cardinals need that long term. But in the absence of Chase Edmonds for at least one more week, 
James Conner has done a yeoman's job. Don't forget about Eno Benjamin and maybe even a little bit of Tavian Feaster if needed. Might he be elevated from the practice squad of the active roster because Jonathan Ward, remember, on the reserve COVID-19 list? Yeah, I don't want to get in my head of myself because this game could come down to a field goal. Of course, who wins the turnover battle, who wins field position, who's better on third down. But if the Cardinals can somehow get a lead in that fourth quarter, maybe you don't have to play Hopkins as much as you want. Maybe you could take Murray out. But their goal is to go there and win the football game first and worry about all that stuff secondary. Cardinals, the number 10 rushing offense in the National Football League. Defensively, though, the Bears in the bottom third as far as stopping the run. All right, Cardinals need to establish the run. What is your second key? Well, I mean, if, if Andy Dalton's in there, and, and Andy Dalton had a good game uh, last week. I mean, he threw for 311 yards. Um, you know, he didn't put up, a, you know, a ton of touchdowns because they relied on, on, on some different stuff. But I, I would think when you look at the Cardinals as a whole here, I want to see how the Cardinals secondary can he- uh, hold up against their wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, we don't know about Allen Robinson, but they got some other guys that can stretch the field. We'll find out more Mar- Marquise Goodwin, who was, um, got injured in the game last week. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the matchup. Uh, you, when you look at guys like Byron Murphy and uh, Marco Wilson and Robert Alford, their numbers are good. Buda Baker. So I'm taking the entire secondary. And how do they match up? And it's not only the wide receivers, it's their tight ends. And we'll find out more about Jimmy Graham. You look at Cole Komet. Um, he was targeted 11 times last week. So he's a guy that they're going to target. And they could go two tight end sets. It's hard to take pressure off the Cardinals when it comes to their running game. So from that standpoint, I, I just like the Cardinals' chances of winning that matchup. So the Cardinals' secondary versus the Bears and tight ends. And eliminate the chunk plays. Keep everything in front of you. Um, because they do have some guys that can stretch the field. And Andy Dalton's a much more experienced quarterback and then a guy like uh, Justin Fields, and, and like I said, I, I thought he gave him a huge spark last week, and they are coming off a five-game losing streak. Yes, they played the um, the Lions, and Jared Goff played well. He may not have had a ton of yards. He was 21 for 25, so he, Jared Goff was able to move the football on that team. Unfortunately, they lost. You say secondary, and you name the top three corners. I mean, are we talking also – Buda Baker, yes. Jalen Thompson, yeah. and Isaiah Simmons when it comes to yeah. covering the tight end as yes. well. Isaiah is more the wild card, but when I say secondary, I'm talking corners and safeties because the safeties are going to have to cover the, the, the tight ends the, and, and the cornerbacks are going to have to cover the wide receivers. And, you know, when I look at from that standpoint, um, I like the Cardinals matchup there. I think they can, you know, if they get some pressure up front, I think they can maybe – create some turnovers the one wide receiver the Cardinals have to pay attention to is Darnell Mooney their leading receiver but as we chronicled earlier this week on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals back-to-back 100 yard receiving games 15 plus yards per catch and that might be it could be Robert Alford it could be Marco Wilson uh, it could be Byron Murphy I mean you might see a number of different guys and I don't know if Mooney is a side guy like a DeAndre Hopkins. How much does he move around? Does Byron Murphy shadow him? I could see a number of different guys get their crack on that number one wideout. Yeah, and, and when I look at Andy Dalton last week, 317 yards. He averaged 8.9 yards uh, per attempt. So they were able to get the ball down the field. He had a touchdown and interception. Now Mooney was targeted uh, eight targets, 123 yards. 
Komet was targeted, 11 targets, 8 for 65. Jimmy Graham got some time, and they got Jesse James there. But Murphy right now, he has three interceptions. He's only allowing 57.4 completions, and his, his, quarter, his, his defensive back rating is 76.3. That's really good. Buda Baker has two interceptions, 68 rating, 63 tackles, and he's got a forced fumble. So um, in the Cardinals, again, they don't give up a, a ton of uh, pass plays when it comes to their secondary. That's actually they're, – they're giving up less than 210 yards a game on in, in the air. Now, we – you know, obviously you want to be better in the run, run defense, but I just like the Cardinals secondary against against the Bears' um, skill position players. And you break it down even more, they are fourth in the league as far as yards per pass play at just over six yards a catch. And right. sometimes that's, that's more indicative of how well defense plays. You can look at the big picture number and then break it down how many yards per play, per pass completion. Six against that Cardinals defense. And we had a chance to hear from Marco Wilson on Friday. And I I really like what he says, how he plays, obviously. But that rookie wall, he kind of said, no, I don't think so. And I know he's been picked on. He understands he's going to be picked on. I mean, if you're Andy Dalton or Jared Goff or whomever, as far as lining up against the Cardinals here, these final six games, you break the huddle, you look and go, all right, well, there's number seven, there's number 20, and we know 20 has less experience than seven. I mean, it's a no-brainer to look that direction. I've been thoroughly impressed with the uh, the makeup and the maturity of not only Marco Wilson, but also Rondale Moore. We just haven't seen enough of Zayvon Collins, and obviously, you know, he's going to be part of the future. So, yeah, I think it helps when you play in the SEC. The game's not too big for him, and he's been targeted, and, you know, I think he's got to do a better job looking back for the ball. Um, he's got to have ball, more ball awareness, whether the receiver catches it. You've got to tackle him in this league. You can't wait for somebody else. So that just happens uh, when it comes to, you know, just learning the, the position. But he's a very confident player. I like his size. I like his athleticism. And, and just getting back, you know, to last week, Jarek Goff, 21-25. His quarterback rating was 127.7. Two touchdowns against the Bears. Not a ton of yards, but he was very efficient. And that tells me Kyler Murray can attack that secondary. All right, so we are two-thirds of our way through Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. One, establish the run. Two, that Cardinals secondary against the Bears wide receivers. What is number three? It's going to be the Cardinals' offense versus the Bears' secondary. Want to get one-on-one matchups, have hop, you know, on the field, and that will take pressure off uh, off the other players. But I think the Cardinals, you know, we talk about the Bears and their front seven. Um, I think that you you can throw them based on what Jared Goff did last week. So I want to say the Cardinals' offense, skill position players, running backs, what tight ends and wide receivers against that Bears secondary, and just having hop on the field will open up and guys will get separation. So I anticipate, you know, depending on the weather, we're going to see a lot of 11 personnel because that's where Zach Ertz is a weapon in, in the red zone and down the seam. But if you can spread these guys out, I like our chances when it comes to one-on-one matchups in the open field. So, so go ahead. I didn't mean to, uh, to, no, to interrupt. Uh, just looking, uh, reading some Bears coverage earlier on Friday about that secondary in particular, Artie Burns, and I didn't know this, uh, you know, just watching the game on Thanksgiving Day, Bears and Lions, but Artie Burns, who was the backup, ended up starting that game on Thursday for Kendall Vildor, who did not play a single defensive snap at all. He had struggled. They benched him. 
He's now only on special teams. So you look at that secondary, and yeah, safety Eddie Jackson is solid. He's excellent. Yet they are having some issues in their secondary, giving up big plays. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm targeting Artie Burns all day. I, I've talked to people in Chicago this week, and they're surprised he's even on the field. But he's the next man up. Um, so, yeah, Eddie Jackson, I put him in the same category as Buda Baker. Um, we don't really talk about him enough, but he's got a nice contract extension, very instinctive player. He can come down the box. Um, but Artie Burns, I'm targeting him all day. So whoever he lines up, and they may have to play zone to get some safety help, but Artie Burns to me is a guy that I would target. Eddie Jackson, a first-team All-Pro back in 2018, and you don't talk enough about him. And I think a lot of that, MJ, is just because – what do we talk about when we talk about Cardinals and postseason honors? It's how well do you play during the regular season? Individually, you can be lights out, but if you're not winning games, no one's paying attention to you because you're not featured post-game on Sunday, Monday night football, Thursday, Sunday night football. You just you're not top of mind. It's the teams that are winning consistently that all of a sudden, hey, let's focus on a Kyler Murray or a Buda Baker or a DJ Humphreys. But Eddie Jackson, he'll he'll be that guy in center field on Sunday that might have to do a little bit more than he is used to or maybe even wants to because of the number of different weapons the Cardinals yeah, have. Yeah, and he, he's a guy that's a, a big hitter. Like I said, he can come down the box, but I think he's going to have to be the safety net. If Hop's out there, I, I don't know if they can roll coverage over because the Cardinals have so many different weapons with Kirk and, and, and Green and, and obviously with uh, um, Rondell Moore and then depending on, on the tight ends. So, yeah, I, th- I just think it's going to be difficult to cover the entire field. Now, if they get pressure up front, then it's going to be a little bit more different. But I think that's why you come out and try to establish a run, utilize play action, and then win these one-on-one matchups on the outside. We talked about it, that Bears defense, top 10 against the pass. They've got Robert Quinn, who was just named NFC Defensive Player of the Month, leads the conference with 11 sacks. Roquan Smith will see if he plays or not. Doesn't sound like he's going to be available after suffering a hamstring injury last week, but Robert Quinn, former Los Angeles Ram player that the Cardinals are very familiar with, but if you can get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, or if you're the Bears, you get pressure on the quarterback, then all of a sudden you make life a lot more easier for those guys in the back end. Over the last three games, he's averaging over two and a half sacks a game. I want to say he has five in the last two or three, so clearly he's the, he's their bread and butter when it gets to the quarterback, and he can, he can win one-on-one matchups. Um, but they may not be without Ro- Roquan Smith. We know that uh, Khalil Mack's out for the uh, – he's on IRR right now, so you're not sa- facing that same Bears front seven. But Quinn is a guy you definitely have to put a hat on. And Danny Trevathan, also done for the season. So a number of Bears starters absent, and they've been absent for a while. Yeah, Chicago, I mean – when Fangio was there, and I want to say the first couple of years now, the Bears did make the playoffs last year because the Cardinals didn't win in Week 17, but they had Kendall Fuller there. I mean, they were really building that defense up. They they they, they traded two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. They had you know they had some guys up front that can rush the passer. So, but right now they just they're not healthy enough to withstand that week in and week out. But they were a really good defense when they had Kendall Fuller. Like you, you really couldn't throw on the Bears' defense, and it was hard to run. And if Mitch Trubisky didn't turn the ball over at the time, um, they were winning games like twenty to nineteen. But unfortunately, sometimes you you know the defense is on the field. But that Bears' defense. When, when Nagy got out there and Fangio got the head coaching job, that defense was ready to play from day one. 
All right, Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. A tenth win will happen if the Cardinals establish the run. The Cardinals' secondary bone up against that Bears wide receiver core, namely Darnell Mooney. And then third, the Cardinals' defense as far as their um, – no, I'm sorry. Cardinals' the, offense against yeah, the Bears' secondary. That's right. Bears secondary as far as making sure you take advantage of some guys on the back end on the Bears side that the Cardinals, even without DeAndre Hopkins, but more so if Hop is out there, then all of a sudden is – and this goes for every team. I don't think MJ has enough bodies to cover every single weapon that the Cardinals have. Well, I mean, you know, we, let's go back to training camp when Malcolm Butler went AWOL. We're like – wow, what are the Cardinals going to do? And people wanted to go out and get Richard Sherman or Josh Norman. And and let's be honest, I mean, Marco Wilson, Wally pipped Malcolm Butler, and they felt comfortable, and then we just needed Robert Alford to get through training camp, and he's not missed a game this year. And then the development of Byron Murphy, we weren't talking about that. So, you know, it's just, again, I just feel like, you know, Every team only has really two good corners. I can say the Cardinals have three corners. I love the way Alford plays with his physicality. He's not always going to be in position to make plays, but he's not afraid to tackle. Byron Murphy's he's one of the most athletic guys in that secondary with Buddha and Jalen Thompson. And then you throw in Marco Wilson. You can't say enough about a guy that has 4-3 speed. So a lot of teams in this league, Craig, they don't have – two good corners and then you got to throw a slot guy in there and normally he's either a younger player um, that's kind of you're trying to hide him so I think the Cardinals really can go three or four deep depending on who they're playing that that's the beauty of playing um, against Cliff Kingsbury's offense you got to guard the entire field 51 53 and a third yard sideline to sideline and the wild card which you mentioned is always Isaiah Simmons yeah. because of his versatility yeah. to do whatever and I gotta think anticipate just based on Andy Dalton being a veteran quarterback He's going, to, he's going to target the tight end. And so that's going to be Isaiah Simmons. He's got the size. The only guy he's really struggled against this year was Christian McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey makes a lot of guys look yeah. silly, but every single route he was trailing the play, and you, you wish he could have got there sooner. But McCaffrey's one of the best players when he's healthy. All right, so those are the three keys. What's your X factor? Play with the lead so you can dictate the tempo of the game. And, and again, we talk about the first couple possessions. You know, Kyler hasn't played in a while. Um, Hop hasn't played. If he's out there, uh, I just want to see this team come out and try to run the football, you know, play a physical game against the Bears. Um, but I think playing with a lead on State's the obvious, but this team can control tempo. All of a sudden, Vance can do what he wants versus playing on their heels. You can play on your toes, and that means you're being active. So I, I would like to see this team, team come out and play with a lead. I'm not saying 17 nothing, two possession, seven, and then 10 points. And then all of a sudden, it puts the Bears in a situation where they feel like they got to throw the ball. Um, might, maybe not in the first half, when you get to the second half, if you're down by a couple scores, it changes the complexion of the game. If Kyler Murray plays, and again, we're optimistic that he does play on Sunday, he is 4-0 on the road, and his numbers are unbelievable, completing almost 73% of his passes for better than 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns to just two interceptions. His passer rating leads the league. Ranked number two on that list, Colt McCoy, as far as passer rating on the road this season. The Cardinals, again, 6-0 and away from the state of Arizona. They can move to 7-0 and with a win on Sunday in Chicago. So the X-Factor play with the lead. We've seen how 
well this team is both on offense and defense when they can get that lead early on and not play from behind. What's your intangible here in this Week 13 matchup? Special teams. Um, I mean, we know this game can be wet, and we got a new uh, – Got to get through to Aaron Brewer comes back. So the special teams have got to be on their P's and Q's when it comes to the snap, the hold, and the kick. Um, it didn't sound like Kingsbury's worried about Matt Prater. Um, he's, he's obviously a gamer, and we know he's a clutch kicker, and hopefully he doesn't come down to that. And I'd like to see the Cardinals get some, some field position when it comes to the return game. Um, and that's, you know, we'll see who's back there. Is it Eno? on the kickoffs, and then Rondo Moore on the uh, the punt return. The punt return's been a lot better um, than last year. Um, I would say that's pretty even when it comes to kickoff return. So that was a, a priority going into the offseason, but you don't want to put too much on Rondo Moore's plate. I think eventually he can do both, but if Eno's up, then you give him a chance to get his feet wet there. And Eno's come out, and I don't want to see a guy like Eno taking the ball five yards deep in the end zone, but if it's at the goal line, Eno has the ability to get to the 25 or 28-yard line. Yes, it's only three yards, but if, if they're not going to kick it in the end zone, you got to take it out. So I just think special teams is, is, is something we don't focus on unless something goes bad. And something did go bad in that last game in Seattle. Matt Prater misses three kicks, the first three missed kick game of his career. So I understand the hesitation, but you know what? I'd be fine if he trotted out on that football field Fourth quarter, 20 seconds left. You need him to make a 44-yarder for the game-winning kick. I'd be completely 100% behind him because it's about resume. What have you done? And, yes, everyone has a bad day. He had his bad day when the Cardinals still won a ball game. So it doesn't get as magnified as we saw a year ago when those missed kicks were keeping the team from the win column. And all of a sudden you're walking off that field with your head low. So Matt Prater, I think he'll be fine. You mentioned it. Kingsbury was asked about it. No issues whatsoever. Bo Brinkley will be elevated from the practice squad to the active roster for the second game because Aaron Brewer is still at least one week away. He and Chase Edmonds both can be activated next week if they're ready. And you mentioned Kyler Murray. Um, he needs 31 passing yards, would become the fourth youngest player in NFL history's 10,000 career passing yards, so he should get that in the first quarter, hopefully. Maybe even I mean, on the first pass. First pass, that's true. I, I just don't <laughs> want to go back to that game where they were minus one and then they had 123 yards in the second quarter. I know that's, you know, uh, we really don't want to pick that scab. But what's impressive is he's 7-1 and one as a starter. Number one completion percentage, 72.7%. He's number one in yards per attempt, 8.9. And as you pointed out, he's number one in passer rating, 110.4. It's impressive what he has number done. Number one, I'm not – these are not you can you know when they say you're building stats and numbers you can kind of fudge it a little bit. No, he is number one across the board, and he's seven and one as a starter. And give Colt McCoy credit; he was two and one, and he has a similar completion percentage as Kyler Murray. Cardinals nine and two because of all fifty-three players on that active roster. You want to include the practice squad as well because it has been a complete team effort, offense, defense, and special teams to have that best record and the NFC. By the way, some history here with this matchup. 101 years and eight days ago on Sunday, 
the first ever meeting between the Cardinals and Bears. It was November 28, 1920. Cardinals, by the way, won that game 7-6. to six. And no bird gang, Mike Jarecki was not there. Contrary <laughs> to popular opinion, he has seen a lot of Cardinals football, no. but he was not there on that day in 1920 the nfl's oldest rivalry cardinals and bears yeah i mean it's it's, it's fascinating you know 91 uh, the cardinals and bears have faced each other 91 times as you pointed out uh, dating back to 1920 and it really cardinals returned to the city of their birth uh you know you, you just look at the history with the bidwell and, and mr bidwell's father and and, and obviously mr b um, they were the the Raycone Cardinals, Raycone, the Racine, Racine, Racine thank Cardinals, you. and then in, in 1922 they, they became the Chicago Cardinals. So just so much history, you know, just the Bears and the Cardinals, and you know that's the beauty of uh, of the franchises. And we talked about this against the Packers, Cardinals and Packers history over the years. And it's part of that history that doesn't get focused a lot because it's always Bears Packers. I mean those those are the franchises that people pay attention to and I think a lot of it is because they've remained in their respective cities Cardinals obviously going from Chicago to St. Louis to here and Arizona but uh, yeah the NFL's oldest rivalry Cardinals and Bears well according to uh, Mike Helm in 1932 Hall of Fame uh, owner Charles W. Bidwell Sr. then the vice president of the Bears purchased the Cardinals after uh, deserting himself from the Bears holding so he actually had uh, part ownership in both, and he decided to go with the Cardinals, and, and we're all happy for that. Absolutely. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Pro Bowl voting. We are going to push it until December 16th. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. The voting runs through December 16th, the game on February 6th in Las Vegas. Before we head on out of here on this football Friday, let's take a look at what is else happening around the NFC West. And I know everyone's going to focus on the Rams, but don't forget about the 49ers because they're only a game behind the Rams. But this week, the Rams, who have lost three in a row, host the Jaguars. The 49ers, who have won three in a row, are on the road in Seattle. And the Seahawks, three and eight this season after the loss on Monday Night Football against Washington. So it is starting to become a three-team race, if you will, as far as the Rams being two games back and the 49ers three games back when you talk about winning the division. Yeah, and you're going to have the 49ers and Seahawks play Sunday afternoon. Cardinals will play in the morning, and uh, the Green Bay Packers have a bye this week. And, you know, we'll find out more about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to have to have surgery or is this, at this point more pain tolerance? And then the Rams um, – they're playing at home in the afternoon. They're hosting the Jaguars, and that's probably going to be their get-back game because we've been they've been hearing how bad they've been the last three weeks. So um, you can get fat. You don't have to travel to Jacksonville. So I anticipate the Rams are going to win that game. But they are 7-4, and four, um, and Jacksonville's 2-9. and nine. But, again, those games are in the afternoon. Cardinals play in the morning, and then we'll just tee it off and see where we are come Sunday night. All right, now the NFC. Cardinals, the number one seed, and they will remain the number one seed with the win on Sunday. The Packers, as you mentioned, they're off this week. The Buccaneers, they have one two in a row. They visit the Falcons on Sunday. The Buccaneers, the three seed at eight and three. The Cowboys, with their win on Thursday night football at New Orleans, they are eight and four. So those are your top four seeds right now. 
Rams, 49ers, and Washington round out the first seven teams as far as those three wild card spots. But those four teams, Cardinals, Packers, Buccaneers, and Cowboys, those are the teams that we're paying attention to. And because of the head-to-head, that Packers schedule, Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions sticks out. It's not a difficult schedule by any means, but you hope that the Packers slip up. Otherwise, the Cardinals will be not having that first-round home or that first-round playoff bye. Yeah, so basically the Cardinals have a half-game lead on the Packers just because they won the uh, the first game. Now, I'm rooting for the Seahawks this week just because I think the Niners could be dangerous getting as a seventh seed, and if you're a two-seed, who are you playing? A seventh seed. And so Seattle's 3-8. and eight. Obviously their offense isn't the same, but they're at home. We know the Niners are playing well. Maybe it's more wishful thinking. I'm not rooting. I'm pulling for the Seahawks. <laughs> you, can, you can root. No, I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to root for the Seahawks. I'm, oh, okay. I'm pulling for them. And again, you would be okay I know. if for whatever reason something happened yeah. and they had one I, more point yeah. than the 49ers. I'm, I'm not really worried about the 49ers. It's just we talk about teams you know, making a run towards late in the year and they get this momentum and all of a sudden they had to win three out of the four of the last games or they won six out of the last seven and they go into the playoffs to where, hey, any given Sunday. So – I just don't want to face them again, even though the Cardinals have beaten them twice. I heard Peter King earlier this week on his podcast talk about teams that could make that run, i.e. Tampa Bay, a year ago. and Which team would that be? He mentioned the 49ers because something has clicked with them, and they are playing very, very well. Now, it is hard to beat a team three times in the same season, and to your point, yeah, as well as they're playing, you don't like playing that quote-unquote hot team going into the postseason. Well, it's just the familiarity. I mean, you, you, you play another team, yeah, go back to your Packers film, but you got to go back to the last couple. Of, I think they're, they're, why the Niners are winning is because they're healthy. They got healthy, and Jimmy Garoppolo's playing well. Debo Samuel's probably going to be out this week. Um, you know, quite the contrary from the Rams, the Niners can still run the football. The, George Kittle looks like he's a back to an all-pro. Their offensive line's good. They get pressure on the quarterback, so – Again, I think they can be a dangerous team going in, but just like the Patriots last year, they had to go on the road. Patriots were a five seed. They lost the division to New Orleans. They had to go to Washington. They went to Green Bay um, at New Orleans and then Green Bay, and then they obviously had a chance to win the Super Bowl. It's not easy to make that run. Cardinals were lucky um, that they won the division, 9-7, and seven, beat the Falcons. Then they had to go to Carolina, and they won that game when DeLone turned it over, and then luckily the uh, Eagles beat the Giants, so they're hosting the NFC Championship game. But that normally doesn't shake out that way. The Packers had the number one seed, and all they had to win is one game to get to the conference championship game, two games to get to the Super Bowl, and they lost. Well, let's bring it full circle here on Cardinals Covered 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned health. Cardinals, again, we will know for certain. Game day. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and to a lesser extent, Justin Pugh. But we are all focused on Kyler and D-Hop. We are both optimistic. Hopkins will test that hamstring out during pregame warm-ups. Kyler Murray has practiced all week. Once again, we are optimistic here on Cardinals Cover 2. But I'll say it again. I was optimistic headed to the Seattle game with respects to K-1, and it didn't happen. But just as you say, reading between the lines, reading the tea leaves, connecting the dots, I expect number one and a little bit number 10 on the field. 
Yeah, I, I felt good on that Wednesday and Thursday, but when we got to Friday, I just thought, man, if they can win this game with Colt McCoy, this gives them another little break because we know this team is going to go as far as Colin Murray. Not saying that Colt McCoy, but once you're on film, we, we all know what happened in the Carolina game, and I was thrilled that he got a chance to get back on that horse. I mean, he can still run the offense, but you know, having Kyler out, Murray out there with the numbers we just mentioned, I mean, he's playing like an MVP out of eight games, he's won seven, so we all know why he's a starting quarterback of the Cardinals. Again, Cardinals at the Bears. It is week 13, 11 a.m. kickoff, 6.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.